Technology is a wonderful thing, right? Isn't it great? It is we live in a, 2021. Oh, so amazing. The apex How of technology. We're able, to, we're able to connect with everybody and do everything and get all these things sorted and situated. And I'll tell you what, man, it is a blast trying to get this stuff sorted. I am I am blessed to be living to be living in this time. To right d- this day and age. This day and age. This is it. This yep. is the, the it is amazing. So, so do, I think we're, I, we're do gonna, we, hold on. I want to, hold on. What, 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 do we want what? to roll with this? I think so. Hold on. Or do we want to just push it off to the next one and make sure just to give time and a break after the break to make sure. Cause otherwise. No, no. Okay. I, I think, I think we're going to make this oh. run <laughs> and we're just going to, we're going to go with it on today. Cause today is today. And, uh, you know, why do tomorrow what you can do today? Exactly. You got to, we're not going to be here tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you just got to go with it. Okay. Well, you got to roll the flow here, you know. Let's do it then. So we have two gentlemen on. Yes. One of them is a good friend of the show. Has been on uh, several times. Several times. I think several times. At least Has twice. Has it been several? It's been at least twice from what I can tell. Maybe. It's at least twice from what I can tell. Okay. If I, was, I remember correctly, it's been at least twice. I was told it has um, to be at least three times to be counting as a friend of the show. So, so that's today. That would be that it. Today so is the third. friend status you, of the you show. You friend of the show status. Congratulations. So we're good there. We'll be sending you uh, your certificate in the mail. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, I think people know him as, uh, in, under different monikers, especially if you're on the, uh, the, the, the Mojo Five O's. Yes. So uh, we, we met him when he was, uh, was it Generation Y? Gen Y, yeah. Gen uh-huh. Y. He had a podcast over there uh, and he started yeah. doing that. And then he uh, became the, uh, the, the, the Whiskey Tango. Uh, sorry, I'm reading two things. Yes. Uh (laughs) And that podcast on the Mojo Five O's. And now he's doing something a little different. Yeah, just just a little bit different. Just a little bit different. He's making movies now. Uh, Yeah. Making movies. Making a movie. How do you... Okay, Chris Ford... And, 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 uh, uh, hold on. I apologize. Are I don't you, have, are you really, I am. I'm, really? I'm still, str- I'm Dave Bradford. Thank you, Bradford. I apologize. <laughs> I almost said Bradshaw and I'm like, that's not it's right. It's not Bradshaw. It's, it's the ADHD Bradford. kicking in. It's I okay. Apologize. I called him Brad earlier because his name, his last name starts with Brad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I, I mean, that was my fault. It happens. Anyway. Anyway. So these two gentlemen are in the middle of making a, a movie, a, a, a document type. Terry. A documentary type movie? Yeah. You are really good with the words tonight. I'm telling you. It's, if I could tell you the day I had today. I don't want to know. No, you don't. I don't want to know. No, you don't. I don't want to know. These two guys are patient enough to tolerate us <laughs> when they come on here. <laughs> I will, well, okay. we say tolerate. So you can see us, but you can't hear us. Is that correct? Uh, I guess that's Brad. He can't see us. He can see us, but he can't hear. Uh, okay. Is see, that what's going on? I don't know. See, that, I haven't got anything yet. That's okay. why I was saying, should we hold that off? No, no. That's why this is the best. Okay. 
That's why this. So is then, the with, best. With, since we have David at least visually, yeah, we have him, visually. and we have Chris audio and visual. Yeah, we do. We'll let Chris start this off until they can see if they can get the the sound picked up. And worst case scenario, right. like I said, we'll just iron it out during the break and bring mm-hmm. it back in, mm-hmm. and you guys can do it all again. Right. I so mean, worst case scenario. That's why we we're talking about technology <coughs> being the way that it was. It is. It is amazing. So, Chris, hi. <laughs> Hello guys. How are you? Sorry, wow. I told you that to say hi. It's been a it's been a day, brother. For I'm you. so yeah. sorry. It's been a day. So tell us about this 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 movie you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I was brought in uh kind of a God sending something and laying it right in my lap, honestly. Mm-hmm. I've been over the last couple of years praying to myself, talking about um just how do I get myself into the conservative Christian Hollywood? Yeah. You know, how can I get in there? How can I make a difference in that kind of scene? Because as we all know, uh, the culture is swayed by what's happening in Hollywood yes. and what's going on there. And it just so happened that I made some connections. Uh, a woman named um, Brooke had contacted me and asked me to sit in on a meeting that was a Hollywood type meeting on zoom mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was just sitting there listening and they asked if there was any way I could help out with it. And then here it turned out to be that we're, we're going to be doing a documentary style mini series on the pilgrims. Okay. And uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to David once he has the ability to hear what's going on and everything and tune into um, what it's all about. But basically David is, his ancestor is Bradford of the, of the colony, the governor of the colony for the program. Okay. So he had access to the journal that was written by Bradford wow. and all the stories that went along with that. And David specifically um, was really distraught over the last couple years, if not decade in regards to how people have been portraying the pilgrims and saying, you know, demeaning things about them. I know I had seen news stories years ago, even at this point where parents were going into elementary schools during Thanksgiving for parent teacher conferences and seeing pictures of native Americans all over the place. And they said, where are the pilgrims? And they said, well, the pilgrims were slaughtered the Indians, so we're not going to sell it for them. You know, and it's things like that that I think that really upset uh, David, uh, myself as well at that point in time. And I love history. I think one of my favorite documentaries was Cameron's Monumental. Yeah. And I uh, thought that was really great. And this is just a great opportunity. So uh, I was brought in. I'm going to be doing a behind the scenes podcast for them. And we'll also be a narrator on the series. And we were lucky enough to just find out recently that Kevin Sorbo and his wife, uh, Sam Sorbo, will be narrating on as well. Nice. And there might be another kind of superhero entering the fray as well for being a narrator. So. What? <laughs> superhero Dean type Kane. I... I'm calling it now. You're calling I'm Dean calling Kane. it Dean Kane. You're going right Dean now. Kane immediately. I am. We'll see. I am. We'll see. Immediately yep. with the Dean Kane. That's my hunch. I with have. The, I just have this this feeling. I I was honestly going to go with one of the Chris's. Which one? Star Lord. Oh no no. There's no that way. That would be awesome. Oh, but you know he, he would is. do it. If he would he do would it. do it. If if you could. The problem I with that so is too. he he would absolutely do it from a a. Um, uh, 
outside what's the word i'm looking for outside the money if it had money removed yeah he like it's something he would be a part of absolutely i think mm-hmm. um the problem with it is, is oh he can no, do it for free if he wants yeah he, no, can do he it for could free. It's no problem right but he right. would or not or his agent would is probably like nah i need that check yeah kind of need that money gotta keep paying the bills right actually i think he would do it as a pro bono i honestly all think you're gonna would. do is ask you gotta ask man <laughs> you gotta ask yeah. But no, if but, you're but if you're going with Superman, I guess Team Kane is kind of the way to go. That's you that's, did say. No, that's not. I why. I'm not saying you guys said it. Mm-mm. No, we're yeah, saying you said hero. Who's locked down so far? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm the reason. I'm going to tell you why I went with Dean Kane is because I'm thinking of Ripley's Believer to not. Yeah, I know. No, that generation. <laughs> no, no, no. no the, that generational type thing. Right. And he is the only person I can think of that I know, I've seen at least before, that from that generation that has at least a, a grounding in, in, in truth and being honest and in everything else. So that's, that's why I'm going there. I could okay. be completely wrong. Right. But. I mean, you could be. You could be very wrong. Could be Vanilla Ice. Oh. <laughs> He's not a superhero. He's a little hardcore now, though. So. I know. Just he, because he, he wasn't Teenage Mutant but Ninja Turtles. you got to go back to that Ninja Turtles. Uh, oh, dear Lord. Dance, right. So, you know. That's what I'm saying. Just because he was in the in the Ninja Turtles does not mean that he was a superhero. And I've got to. Right. He was. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got to say. He, he pulled off that zoot suit really well, though. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a riot for sure. It, <laughs> you're a jerk. You're a jerk. So, you know what's really interesting, guys, is uh, that. It was just today I listened to the radio and heard some, I don't know if you guys caught this, but the the White House, uh, Pasaki, came out and said that they are actively involved now in censoring on social media platforms uh-huh. for the platform. Not, mm-hmm. not that there's like some sort of iffy partnership, but that they are—they are the ones that are going to be censoring people on the social media platforms. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's the funny thing that you said that because I've got—I've uh, got the clip of Joe Biden, the video clip of Joe Biden saying that the social media platforms and the people that are posting are killing folks with misinformation. Well, it's, yes. and it well, that makes it even funnier. So I found a video of Russell Brand talking about this from. Or it was either late this year. I don't remember what the timestamp is on yeah. it in particular, but he was talking about how basically it's it, it, everybody's all freaking out and was freaking out over Trump and everything else. And it's it, it in there instead of of looking at the 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 big tech companies, Facebook and everything else, and how Facebook is you know they're picking and choosing, but when there's a problem, you know they're kind of self regulating themselves. They become so big now, yeah. And he mentions that, but they have actually become even bigger than that to the point that the government apparently is working for them for free. Basically, that's basically what it sounds like, At and that's incredible. Yeah. yeah, but I, I think that there's some really interesting parallels right now between what the Pilgrims were going through and what we're dealing with today, mm-hmm. which is why David has such a strong interest in bringing this all together in this miniseries, because not only are we going to be essentially going back and visiting what really happened with the Pilgrims, kind of battling that whole 1619 project mentality mm-hmm. that's out there right now and the falsehoods that go along with that, but also the fact that, like I said, you know, you have the government stepping in now on social media and censoring people. Well, what was the reason for the pilgrims actually coming over here, right? They didn't have access to information, the information being the word at the time. They were read to it. They were read from it, from the pulpit, 
the only. king basically ordered what was heard right. and they wanted to escape and be able to hold that word themselves and have that kind of religious freedom to actually read God's word, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it's the censoring of that day versus the censoring of this day and everything. So just every, there's so many things going on right now that are so interesting with the parallels. We're getting ready to launch people possibly mm-hmm. to Mars. Yeah. Right. Imagine how crazy that is in our lifetime that we're seeing people actually go to Mars. But back in their day, they set sail across an ocean, not knowing exactly where they were going to land. Mm-hmm. That was just as perilous of a journey back at that point in time, too. I mean, you know? I mean, what, what, what was it? Uh, Virgin Mobile. So a, a guy who's who, who controls virgins um, that's very fat just decided to take a space jump. And, uh, you know, Branson, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. The very large individual. That happens to be control of virgin. Gotcha. Yeah. Decided to float in space for a while and no problems there, but we, you know, we have the access now to everything, everything that we have, we have access to all the informations. Of course, now you have gatekeepers to all that information. Yeah. Well, like you said, right back it's, where it's we right started back to again. where it was, uh, which is why you have to find different ways of doing it. And I think given that perspective, the 1620 experience, this, this mini series that you guys have coming, coming out, is uh, is pretty dynamic mm-hmm. with with what you have yeah. and what's what history was because we're running into the same era. We're running into the same idea. I mean, without a without a printing press, they didn't have any access to anything, and without uh, private browsing capability, we don't have, have access, access to, to anything. anything. Yeah, it's it's incredible the stuff that that has to go on now. Is it, it, again, we're right at the same point where. A majority, and not just from big tech and from you know Facebook and places like that, but uh-huh. the media in general, they're gonna just kind of they're spilling all of these narratives and all of these these joke theories, you know, Something critical like race that. theories and things like that. And they're just Pretty all terrible. of the systemic racism and all of these things that have been thrown at us. And everybody is so busy with life has become so busy with life. They're 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 just they're taking it and not even bother taking the time to do their homework, to check on anything. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to lose truth. I mean, as we mentioned before, this is 2021. Yeah. Technology information has been never been like this before on planet earth. And there are still people to this day who are like, no, there's flat. How? How? That was settled. What? 500 years ago. Something like that. Yeah. And here we are. So I, I don't know. But anyway, so you, you guys have, have started on this, this experience, uh, the 1620 experience. I'm really glad to get uh, to hear that uh, you have Sam Sorbo and, and yes. Kevin uh, getting some, getting some uh, word time in because even that alone is awesome to have. Yeah. And especially with Kevin because it's, it, like you said the other day, it's basically listening to uh, his son. The, no, no, no. It's oh. basically like listening to Batman. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you don't necessarily... Hey, you remember the cartoon Batman? The, the, the Batman, 90s. the animated series, the 90s Batman, the voice of Batman during that time is just incredibly iconic. Same with Hercules. Yeah, he <laughs> does. He's, is, is Chris frozen? I don't know. Chris might be frozen. I think Chris froze. Chris froze. And David, David can, can you, you hear, hear us? us? We can't hear you. We can't hear you. Will, um, oh wait, hold on. Nope, not my. No, it might visit us. Nope, we can't hear you. Okay, gotta love technology. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Don't worry, 
It, there's okay. It, it will <laughs> there's about what fifteen minutes? Not till break. Oh yeah, ten minutes. Maybe. Like maybe ten minutes yeah. till break. Y'all hang tight because we got to get Chris back on and everything anyway. We'll move on to a story. We'll, don't <laughs> don't go away. We'll move we'll on. We'll get a story this real fixed. Quick. I promise. This yeah. is the easy part. This is how the, we got now you. That you're, now that you're here, yeah, we, we got, got you, you in. It's a breeze. So so we'll move on to another story. We'll pick this back up. We'll hopefully when, when we come back from the break, we'll talk back with uh, Chris Ford, David Bradford about the 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 sixteen twenty experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Until then, though, let's uh, let, let's jump into this because we were talking about it already. And it's one of those situations. I, w- I do want you guys to hear this because this is amazing here. Stop for a second. What? Did you? T- the whole time he walks up, he's got his hand. Like- he's got his hand like this. Like, ah, is he? Stay away from me. No, I, 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 and I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but it looked like it was kind of like for a visual cue. I think like so. Maybe he has to have the hand out. So as kind are of you thinking, that guide. Are you thinking that he's trying to guide himself a mm-hmm. center line? Yes. Hold on. Let me see here. Uh, okay. Okay. I can kind of see that. I'm, I'm watching it back and forth here for just a second. It's a little weird, but yeah. All right. All right. I, I mean, I could be wrong. You could be wrong, but. But that's, a, or at well, least some kind of stabilization right. of some kind. So obviously it's got a lot of background noise. Apparently there's a plane or something behind them, but still. Marine one probably. Yeah, probably. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? <laughs> You're killing people. Really? What, what's your message to Facebook? That's fantastic. You're killing people. You're killing people. That's it. I mean, it really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And, that, and, they're, and they're killing people. And that's it? That's it. That's- the only pandemic that we have is among the unvaccinated. But, okay. I hate it when they do that. I hate it <laughs> when they make me look junk up. I hate it. But we've been doing it a lot lately. No, you I know, know that, Because right? we have like, to. Because it's here's the deal. So, let's click here. and uh, You're going to do the things and look up the stuff? Yeah, I want to know uh-huh. the exact definition. Okay. The fine. Uh-huh, yeah, Okay. Pandemic. Pandemic. Yeah, pandemic. According to the Googles, which I'm not a fan of. It's still there. A disease prevalent over the whole world. See, that's why I don't like this one. Okay. Because this stuff tends to change it. It does. So let's go to Merriam-Webster. Okay. Let's do that one. All right. Uh, Merriam-Webster, an occurring uh, Uh, definition of pandemic, occurring over a wide geographic area, such as multiple uh, countries mm -hmm. or continents. Mm Mm-hmm. Countries or continents, not 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 both, not portions of states. Okay, all right. Okay, and typically affecting a significant portion of the population. Okay, so that by that one de- definition, you have half of it right because it did spread across multiple countries well, no, and continents. Did. But did it affect a significant portion of the population? Well, I'm not even talking about that. The fact that is, is he's saying that the pandemic only exists for those who are not vaccinated. Which, how can it be a pandemic if, which again, is talking about a disease. Right. If you don't have it, not the vaccine, but right. let's say you're the, not the sick virus. or you're not around it the or it doesn't happen. Same. Yes. Right. Or at that area based off of the, the herd immunity or whatever you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Let's say that's all balanced everything out. Yeah. So you, how is it a pandemic then amongst 
two people over here, 25 people in this town and Uh 37, you know, and that's not a pandemic. That is not a pandemic. Not even close. That does not a pandemic make. (laughs) It doesn't. It it doesn't. It, you're right. It doesn't make a pandemic. Second part they have is characterized by very widespread growth or extent. Okay. Well, so it did have widespread growth. Well, yeah, but they're, they're using the- But the, everything has widespread growth when you- They're just referring to, to like it- Yeah, it goes you know, out. It's yeah. just a- that's, that's virus. That's a virus for you. Yeah, yeah. Viruses have widespread growth. That's how they work. Yeah. That's just what they do. Yeah. And by the way, a pandemic is also an outbreak of a disease. Yeah. Uh, uh, Over a wide geographical yeah, okay, area, but such is, as multiple is, countries. Is a disease? Is a virus a disease? No. Is a virus a disease? No. Right, can we can we categorize virus as disease? Did. I'm not a doctor, though. I did stay at a Holiday Inn once, though. Uh, Holiday Inn Express or just Holiday Inn? Because there's a big yes. difference. Both. I've done both. Oh, okay. Well, you're fine then. So I have my undergrad and... <laughs> My doctorate. You at least said that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, so it's, this is just fascinating to me. When they get, it, All he could do is walk out and go, they're killing people. Yep. Why, why? How is... Okay, Facebook, by the way, right. as we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. is very... Very? Very much into the censorships. Oh, the they algorithms, love the, everything yeah, they gets love blocked. It, yeah. Everything gets held back. Mm-hmm. If you want proof of that... Just look at like our stuff. Look at our stuff. Yeah. A year and a half, two years ago. Oh my gosh. We were ranking. Crushing it. In a day, per show, in a day. On Facebook alone. We were getting between 1,000 and 1,500 views per day, per show. Per day, per show. Per episode, I mean. And that actually stacks. Five days a week. It's stacked. Yeah. Um, And then Facebook hit and suddenly. We're doing like 100, maybe. To two. Maybe too, but that's on Facebook. But that's on Facebook. Yeah. But I'm just saying. But that that's that was the point I wanted to point out. You know, one, they're the ones who are they doing got all upset the censoring. They did. <laughs> How they, dare they make it to this point? Though Facebook got upset at us because we hit a we hit a a, a line. Dirty boy, dirty, And dirty, when we dirty. hit that line, they changed the algorithm on us and flipped it and said no. <laughs> the nights you say knee over on Twitter tonight's at DOA show technology brought to you by. Uh, Brought to you on a Mojo Five O budget. That's right, shoestrings and some tin cups. Yeah, well, okay. Full transparency, we couldn't even afford the tin cup, so they're just red Solo cups. That's why. Yeah, that's see. Yeah, you need the metal to help. That makes the sound a, a lot better. of sense now, because yeah. the plastic really doesn't resonate. It doesn't, and if you don't hit the hole, don't hit that hole just right. Uh huh. Then you end up shattering the whole cup. I know it, it just useless. cracks yep. and it's and dead. It's, it's, it's bad. Useless. Yeah. It, I mean, you've got a puncture straight in the center. <sighs> Big Farmer Steve also on Twitter. Just a heads up. I'm watching on the YouTubes with the three-year-old next to me and my wife silently judging me in the other room. <sighs> with Steven's teenage match uh, mustache, you're about five points behind. All right. So I didn't shave this night. Thank you. You haven't shaved in like two days. Three what are you days. talking about? I, I, I took a shower yesterday, so I shaved yesterday. I took a shower at the gym today, and I didn't have my razor. Okay. Well, you're a lie. You tell it how you want to. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're good with it. As brother. long as everybody's happy about it, That's right? That's all that matters. Look. <laughs> so. Uh, and by the way, since we're having a little little downtime before the, uh, before the uh, commercial break so we can get things sorted and situated, the 1620 uh, experience is... Obviously, they're looking for a little bit of help. They are. 
Yeah. They're looking for help. Because this is not want, exactly a mainstream thing. No, and we're going to get into more of it, uh, more detail about everything that they're doing. On the other side. Uh, on the other side, it's an eight-part eight mini-series that they're putting out there, and they do have a goal. They have a goal of reaching $500,000, and uh, they need some help. Yeah. They need some help. I've posted on all the social medias uh, that, that, that you can see our video on. All the social medias, I've posted a link to the donate page. Um, I'm also going to post up a link to their Facebook as well as their website. So you can check everything out. That way you can be up to date as we're going through and talking to these guys over uh, after the commercial break here. Yeah. Hopefully. Once we get everything going, get everything ironed out and right, you know, handled and fixed. Cause it's, I'm telling you now we've, as long as we've been doing this on this shoestring budget, it, we, this is usually we how know it works. the tricks this and is we, how it works. this is nothing. It's, it's fine. fine. So when we come back, we'll have David and Chris, oh, they're going to dive in and tell us all the awesome stuff they got going on with the 1620 experiment uh, or experience. Experience. Me, it's not yeah, an experiment. It's not an experiment. It's, it's an experience. experience. Wow. And that's so much better. I'm telling you, my day. I know. I might need another shot. You might need one. Anyway, there's Uh so much more on the other side. It's Friday. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past two years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-803-2142-800-803-2142-800-803-2142. That's 800-803-2142. I'm Peter Serafine, host of the Liberty Lighthouse, and I am a gun-owning constitutionalist who believes that the only role of government is to protect my rights. I believe that all lives matter and dividing people by race is racist. I believe the First Amendment makes us a free people and the Second Amendment keeps us free. I believe the United States of America is the greatest country to ever exist. And if you disagree with any of those statements, then maybe you shouldn't listen to the Liberty Lighthouse. Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Mojo Five Radio. After a long, hard night, I am exhausted. I need something that will stimulate me. That's why I start each day with Ron's sexual chocolate. It really gets me off to work. Find the flavor that stimulates you and gets you off to work at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Live. 
Okie dokie. All right. Technology. In, at its best. It is best. We've got it fixed. And it was literally as simple as pressing a button and it was on our side. Right. Well, I mean, yes and no. Well, yeah, no, it was. We it had took, to. We had to go back and through and then back and forth back and, and, and get back. Yeah. Anyway, so sometimes that happens and it's fine. Yeah, that's well. what we're here for and doing everything. Anyway, let's actually introduce them for the real time <laughs> do, now. The real do way, it properly, do it the right way. Can you? Can we do that? Are we sure? Can yeah, we do that? Chris I, Ford and David Bradford. Thank you. Good job. It, well done. Thank. You. From where? The 1620 experience. The 1620 experience. 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 Yes. Experience. Experience. I told you, I can't read that thing from here. I don't have my glasses. Left them now, at home. Okay. Now, uh, obviously, when uh, when everything was silent and all the rest of it in the first first portion of it, Chris was going on and uh, letting us know a little bit about everything that, mm-hmm. that was happening. And so, so David, you're yes. a direct descendant <laughs> of, of William Bradford. Is that right? That's correct. Awesome. 13th, um, 13, I'm 13th. I have four boys and I have six grandsons and a granddaughter. So I got 13th, 14th, and 15th generations locked wow. up. Nice. Nice. <laughs> That's how you do it. And, and not only that, not only that, my son, uh, Aaron, who is involved with the 1620 experience, um, in fact, he's the same age as Bradford was when he came to. Uh, you know, during 16, oh, about wow. 1630. So yeah, mm-hmm. he's the oh. perfect age for this, but his son, his 10 year old son is named William. Oh, very so nice. one of the things I, one of the things I'm kind of geeked about is you, if we get him in there as the young William Bradford, you know, who's uh, telling a little bit about his life growing up in England mm-hmm. and they show William and then in the credits at the end where it says William Bradford, the Play, young William, himself? William Bradford, and people are going <laughs> to freak out. <laughs> William Bradford, played by William, William Bradford. Played by himself. Young. young. That would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pretty cool. That's yeah. awesome. It's those little things that make you giggle. At least it does. Me, it well, does. I mean, when you have a familial tie like this, it makes exactly. it a little bit easier. That, so uh, I, I've always been curious when it comes to, but when people know their lineage like that, um, how did how did you... F- know about yours was this kind of a pass down through the generations you know you've been told this or was it one of those yep. things where when 23 and me kicked out everybody's like oh let's go spit on a q-tip and find out no it was my aunt mabel actually we okay. all heard in family tradition she said she had gone through and done the research and so we knew her connected but then when anybody tried to find out about it or look into it there had been a fire at the home at her home in Alma up in the attic and, and we lost the documentation. And mm. so we just kind of knew it existed, but nobody really pursued it or anything until my sister, my oldest sister, uh, Luann, who was uh, the genealogist in our family. Uh, we actually met my parents and Luann came out and we homeschooled our boys. And so uh, at that time we took Aaron up there for when you're going to study history, you go to where it happens, right? Exactly. We went up there. We all met out there and, uh, Wayne brought out all the information we had and at the, uh, Mayflower society, um, uh, house there. And they went back to the back room, came out in a couple of minutes, laid out some stuff and just tied it all right together. It was, it was amazing. That's cool. Uh, It was, it was pretty awesome to just realize, man, there it is. So I, I feel a little bad about that because so many people have to really painstakingly go through, Mm -hmm. And make those connections, and uh, I just I feel kind of guilty that it was so. I don't so think you should. Honestly, no, for me, you really shouldn't. You <laughs> shouldn't feel guilty at all. all. People that have to track their genealogy, but well, yeah. for one, the only reason why people want 
people to go through 23andMe and track their genealogy so that they have a record of it so that they can prove other things in the past. Anyway, uh, so, so that, <laughs> that's, a different, that's a different story altogether. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as you're concerned, that is awesome. Most people don't have a family lineage, even if it's one of those things that's passed down from generation to generation to generation, yeah. even just through word. We don't, most people don't get that. They don't have that. They don't have their Aunt Mabel or anybody yeah. else to just give the information about here's where you're from. Yeah. Well, it's also been a very, very important part of our family. We, in fact, we're going back to the end of this month. We, every year we have an annual reunion. Uh, and I grew up thinking this was normal. I figured everybody did this. We have our heads, my mother's side has a family reunion every year. They've had it for a hundred and 45, I believe it is consecutive wow. years. It goes back to the wars. Through the, I mean, it goes, and they, they get together every year and we, they take minutes of what happened and who updates on things. And so we just have this family reunion every year. And so we always took our kids back to Michigan every year. That was just something we did. We didn't think, you know, you, there was a, it was an option not to. So I just figured, well, that's what everybody does. <laughs> everybody has family reunions. And it's like, uh, well, okay. No, it's a little unusual, I guess, from what I've come to learn. But I, I have always appreciated uh, our the history and the connections that we've had, and it's one of the reasons why I'm. I, I have to say, I'm very, very passionate about this. I, when I retired, I wanted to make this my full time job for the rest of my life. Is to is to be a mouthpiece for Governor Bradford. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on, and a lot of information being thrown. You guys were talking a little bit about all the disinformation, how easy it is to put out their fake news Mm -hmm. or create news and actually something that's just totally made out of whole cloth Mm -hmm. and people, you know, don't know what to believe anymore. And you say, you look at something and you say, well, that happened. Well, how do you know it really happened? Yeah. And so this is one of the things that I want to do is make sure that there's a lot of accusations, a lot of things that about our history as Americans and as about our country, its founding and what what it, what it was all about. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be interpreting history. I figure, hey, I got the easy job. Let me just share what Bradford wrote. I mean, he's the one that he was there. Yeah. He's the one that put it down. And the thing that always impressed me was how painstaking he. I mean, when you think about how easy it is for us to write things today and we type out stuff and, and if we don't like the way it sounds, we, we'll cut and paste, click and move stuff around. Yeah. He had to sit down and think about what it was that was important enough for him to share with future generations. He had to figure out what he wanted to talk about, how he wanted to say it, and and he got a chance to put it down one time. And once he put it down, it's like if he wanted to change it, yeah. <laughs> it was going to take some serious, I got to rewrite this whole Redo thing. Redo the whole and, thing, you know, yep. And I just want to be his mouthpiece. I want to, sh- I think the voice that's not being heard today are the pilgrims themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's where True. I feel like, um, and they, it, it, the more you look into the history and the more you read about the relationships they had, it blows your mind. It's, it's amazing. You just, I can't tell you how many times I've been reading his diary and it's a, I'll be honest, it's tough to read through. It's not an easy, but it's been made easier and easier recently to where when you read stuff and you go, wow, I can't yeah. believe that's what he's saying. By, it's by, just, it's mind boggling. So through. I want to just share that with people. And that's what the 1620 experience is all about. Okay. Awesome. So by tough to read through, 
Um, are you meaning that he had terrible handwriting or are you meaning that he was such an intellectual and, and and smart about many things that he was using words and phrases and the way he wrote and technically spoke was just so different from where we are now? Yes, yes, that's that's more more accurate. It's it's not that he was he was such a brilliant guy that he talked over everybody uh, or talked past everybody. Uh, the words they use, he, his sentences, you read a paragraph and you realize that's all one sentence. I mean, he connected it with with semicolons. And back then, the spelling, when you read uh, his diary that was written uh, at that time, there were no rule, rules about spelling. So a lot of times you do it phonetically. You'd write a word and you're reading a word going, what is that? What is he saying? And then he he spells it differently later. And this was common. This was uh, spelling didn't get standardized till, till much later when uh, yeah. uh, Webster and Daniel mm-hmm. Webster and, uh, you know, that, that, that's a later invention. But back then it was, un, it was common to try to try to figure out what, what words he's saying here. Mm-hmm. What does he mean? So there's been some efforts to make it a lot easier to read so that it's more accessible to people. There's a great edition that just came out a 400th anniversary edition of his, of his journal of Plymouth Plantation that does exactly that. It, it's got commentary. It's got, it's, it's just such a wow. wonderful, remarkable resource that uh, I would commend to anybody. It's, nice. It's the latest edition. Yep. Yeah, I did. I did my darndest for quite a while to read the, uh, the old English like spellings and everything else. And I was like, ah, like I would, I would go back to 1500s and Mm -hmm. 1600s. I've tried that too. Cause they, they put it in type, but when they put it in type, they use S's for F's and F's for S's and all the rest of it and weird spellings. And, and that's, that was fun in itself to try to go through. But yeah, it's, it's that's that's another thing though. You just reminded me of that's very different about this is, um, a lot of people aren't necessarily readers. And one of the reasons we're putting this into a mini series is because there is a, a lot of people access information now through a visual medium. And we want to make sure in homeschool curriculums and things like that, uh, we want to reach people with, with the truth of the history that was, uh, was shared so that they can, so that a lot of this stuff will fall apart yeah, that people yeah. are throwing out there. It's just so, it's so insane that it, if you have anything to refute it, I mean, anything that's credible and reliable. Uh, but, I, but I remember uh, the other thing, he, he wrote in the third person. So if you read, if you ever read of Plymouth Plantation, he's always talking about they and them. And, and it's, so you're always wondering, well, who's he talking about? Especially when he says that three or four times in one long sentence, who, who is the they and the them? So what I did and what my son and I did was we took the, the diary and we converted it to first person as it, because we were going to be sharing it. We, we wanted to do first person presentation. So we learned the dialect. Uh, We got dialect tapes from up at Plymouth plantation. My wife makes period clothes. So we were going to be William Bradford. If you've ever been to, uh, um, Williamsburg where they have those people. One of my favorites is the guy that does, uh, Richard, uh, Schumann who plays, uh, uh, Patrick Henry. He is just, I'll never forget when I first heard him, it was like within three minutes, I thought, this guy's, I'm really talking to Patrick Henry. This, yeah. guy, this guy's legit. You know, he's for real. I want to take my and, kids up there. And I wanted to do that with William Bradford. I wanted to be able to take his words and say, I and we, and, and actually tell his story as if I'm telling it to you. And again, when you, you take the liberty of just 
converting the sentences into first person, all of a sudden, what you understand he's talking about, what he's saying is just, you you go, wow, this is amazing. It opens up almost a new world. We want to do with this uh, 1620 experience. We want to share his his understanding of who they were, why they did the things they did. And, mm-hmm. and again, share his diary so that they hit you. You can't argue with it. It's kind of like the Bible. You say, you got a problem with the text there. Take it, take it up with the author. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just telling you what it says. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just reading it here the, at this point. Yeah. All right. It's literally the, the messenger. It's like, Hey, you got a problem with this. So that's, he's the one that wrote it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> take it up with him. And that's, yeah. But speaking of, so you, you, you have, a few messengers. Uh, we, we talked about it a little bit when we were over there and, uh, you know, you, you have the Kevin Sorbo and the Sam Sorbo and uh, your, your son, Aaron is, is also, and he's playing specifically William as we go through. And Chris is obviously going to be doing some narrating as well, from what I can tell. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes. And as he sits. Yeah, the narration, there's narration voiceovers who, and a, and a main narrator who sort of carries the story, but then we're going to reenact or actually some of the more dramatic events that occurred that most people don't know about that right. are just, they need to know about these things because it's, it's history that just blows away all this idea that they, they came over with the intention of being, uh, you know, you know just dominating, killing people, genocide, all this sort of stuff that, that, doesn't appear anywhere in the first 50 years of, of the, of the column. You know, it's right. just that, and, and to really understand them, you have to really understand their faith. It's just, it's, mm-hmm. it is a, they better than anybody are the ones who exemplify the, the three critical things about what it means to be an American, the, the, the freedom of freedom and Liberty, personal freedom and Liberty, uh, faith, they're, they're, they're their commitment to living out the New Testament church to their world and being, being honest brokers and, and treating people with dignity and respect and, and fairness and equality and all the things that we value as Americans, they exemplified all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If you want to you know, talk later, you know, 1690, 1675 King Philip's war and after and everything that happened later that led up to the uh, American revolution, you can find things here or there that, that you can you can talk about that things that happened that were good and bad and and the pilgrims by no means that's the other thing I want to get across too is I'm not here to paint a you know this rosy picture and Bradford didn't either that's the thing that most people don't realize if you read a Plymouth plantation if you wanted to you know paint this they were the, just such perfect people and stuff you wouldn't put a lot of the stuff in there that he put in there yeah. again it's like the Bible uh, my sister used to say that you know you read the Bible and it's like some of that stuff's kind of tough to take. What if somebody was trying to put a spin, a positive spin on it, they certainly wouldn't include all this, you know, sin Extra and stuff, all this yeah. stuff. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, so you you kind of failed when you did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Bradford's the same way. He said, I, I, you know, you don't want to share this stuff, but this is important for people to know. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he gave an honest and, uh, description. He was like a reporter. He was sharing the history of that, of the colony from the time they were in England, they, 12 years they spent in, in uh, Holland and, and then the time they spent over uh, in New England. So. Wow. Mm. See this, I, I love this stuff because again, like we mentioned in, uh, before about it's one, people aren't being taught this stuff. 
They're not. They're not. It's they're they're being indoctrinated for all this other stuff. They're not. They're not taught actual history. And then you throw in, as we mentioned again last Uh before the break, when you have big tech and you have places like Google and things like that who block a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. It makes it really hard to do research for yourself when you want to do. Like if you wanted to find out about this stuff, it would take you years. Yeah. Years. And most well, of the information the scary, that you found. Here's the scary part to me. Is trash. With the 1619 project, th- this has been designed to be put into schools. So this is going out. That's why you're seeing in the That's news awesome. all these people coming up with these, you know, people, parents coming up to the school board meetings, if you've been watching these yep. things, mm-hmm. because of critical theory and all this. This stuff was designed to be put into schools because I know in my state of Delaware, I don't even believe they 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 go back that far anymore. They, you say they don't teach it. You're right. So yeah. there's a, there's now a void there. So what are they filling it with? They're filling it with this recentering the mm-hmm. entire early American history on this on on, on slavery, and mm-hmm. that was the centerpiece. And Black history is what is what takes is the centering event of all America of all of American history. Yeah, in you, Delaware, it only you start to they only go back as far as the. The Revolutionary War, the founding, seventeen seventy six. That's that's where we start. That's where history starts in Delaware in our schools. So, that's yeah. So if you bad. want to go back back to the early founding, the only the only story you're going to start here now is the sixteen nineteen is when the when the slave ship or not even sl- sure I'm not even what? sure it was slave ships. There's a good yeah. chance they were indentured servants at that time. So right, but that's there, that's the fascinating there's part no, too. That's, yeah. There's no history. That 1619 project is not history. It's it's storytelling. It's a narrative that's it's, being told to people. It's a and lot it's of being narrative. told to your kids whether you like it or not. Yeah. Oh yeah, well no, it's even in, in our generation. I know for oh. like going through school. I know not, you don't know because you were homeschooled, but in our generation, going through school. Uh, everything was based upon um, the economics. That was it. It was the economics of everything. So everything, uh, every decision was made, was made based upon money. Everything that was done was based upon taxes. Everything that was, it was all money, all money, all the time. That's how they taught history of America. All money, all the time. It wasn't money. It was certainly what did they have to gain? And when you look at what did they get for it? What was their, what was their temporal uh, payoff for what they did? And Mm -hmm. that, and then whatever that is, that's why they did it. Right. And that becomes why they did it. Yeah. They wanted to take their land. Why? Because they ended up take their land ended up becoming owned owned by the, by the, the the Puritans, the, the, the people that, uh, the, the English that, that came over and, and uh, domesticated or whatever you want to call it or, yeah. or settled. They, they settled on it. And so yeah. because that happened, oh, that's what they, that's why they did it. They came over to get the land. It's like, right. no, that's not why they did. They didn't even, yeah. <sighs> there's so many things that again, gets back to their, their true motivations. As to, and, and, and having a biblical worldview was something that they did most people today have a hard time even understanding what that means. But when you look at the providence of God and how the the sequence of events that happened in the early years of that colony, you just, you just, you know, it's like, it's like a blind man could see it. You know, it's so, it's so obvious that that was not anything that they manufactured, that it was, it was clearly the providence of God uh, in so many things. And, And of course, Bradford's, you can't read a page of his diary without him talking about, and it pleased God to do this, and God, God wanted this happen. He was giving you the unfolding of history 
from the author. This is what yeah. God was doing. It wasn't us. It wasn't that, that he does talk about the interactions he had with them, but it was, it was all because God did it all. We didn't do it. We were, yep. ju- we were just, uh, wanted to be useful instruments of him to, to bring the truth of the gospel to the people in this, in, in this, in, in the Indians. And they were, they had a fantastic relationship with the Wampanoag, with the Poconoca tribe. Yeah. And you know, that the funny thing about that, when you, when you say that they had a great relationship with this tribe or that tribe or whatnot, what, what you find out if you actually go back into history, there was a lot of cases to where one, when the English first settled on the land, they were helped by all these tribes. Not only were they helped by them, but they actually became mutually beneficial partners in a lot of situations. And then when situations arose to where these English who are used to trading and doing it bartering and all the rest of it. They were like, hey, can I buy this land from you? Yeah. And, and, the, and then the, the, the natives were like, this land isn't ours. It's not to But sell, it's also but not yours, but we'll take your money. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll take well, your trade. We'll take your that, furs. That's something that's kind of interesting too. Uh, Jeremy Banks, who is really the, uh, he, he knows more about the pilgrim history than probably uh, any human being alive because we've learned so much more too in the last, you know, Bradford's diary wasn't found until 1853 or 1855. Uh, right. Yeah. Something like that. In, uh, because it had been, it had been lost for about 150 years. It ended up going back over to England. Now it somehow made its way back to England. It was in the old North Church in Boston, and they figured that when the British troops evacuated, somebody probably thought, oh, this would be handy to, to read sometime on the truck. <laughs> it's a long road back, that's, yeah. It, it, that's where they ended up finding it, and it took it took many, many years of negotiations with ambassadors and, and, and a Delaware uh, ambassador to England, uh, uh, Samuel Bayard uh, ended up uh, they ended up getting it back. It's now in the state house in uh, in Boston. But uh, very nice. I was gonna yeah, it's got that. its own history all itself. That's how it came that, to be. Uh, yeah. Oh, but what hey, are, Stephen? No, sorry. Mm. No, go ahead, Chris. No, I, the one thing I wanted to point out is that, that one of the main reasons why I was really excited to get involved in this project is the fact that there's a homeschooling curriculum. Uh, agenda that kind of goes with this. So along with everything that we're doing with the series, we're also tying that to a homeschool curriculum that we're going to really try to push out to go along with the series once everything is kind of cohesive with each other to really help with that that kind of educational portion, which is what Dylan was talking about there in regards to there is a lot of misinformation out there that's happening with the children right now and, and what they're learning. It's it's not only mm-hmm. misinformation, it's I think I really feel it's deliberately evil yeah, information that is is being pushed on these people and children to guide them in a direction to give them a warped sense of American history. I mean this is exactly what we're seeing with athletes right now disrespecting the American flag and not understanding that the reason why they're standing there achieving what they're achieving is because of the freedom of what that represents from mm-hmm. all the way back from the pilgrims to the founding fathers and, and what they brought to us. And the fact that you can stand there and disrespect it, even though I support your right to do that as a First Amendment, you're yeah. you're kind of blindsided by the fact that you don't even understand where that freedom to, to disrespect it came from. Because we are not teaching correct history anymore. And I think that 
you know, David, his son, uh, one thing that he needs even more credit for, I I went down there, uh, I think it was about about a month ago at this point. We spent some time in his home, great family. We were sitting there, and David is a wealth of knowledge. I mean, sitting there and talking to each other, we just, we fed off of each other with excitement on, on everything going on. He was telling some really great stories about the pilgrims that I never heard. I never heard these stories before. Mm-hmm. And uh, most people have it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and what's what's great about that is they as a family are going to take that into the educational portion and really push that out along with the miniseries. And I got to be honest with you guys, the ambitions are even bigger than that. Uh, we're, what we're hoping to achieve with the miniseries alone is just what we hope is a stepping stone to bringing the pilgrims to the country or the world as a whole in regards to the education and what we can do with it. Um, but the other thing I wanted to bring up too is in regards to David, David and his son, the one thing that he hasn't let on yet, if, if you look into him, is that they have a a serious past in reenactments and everything. And his son, Aaron, down south, uh, actually, I, I forget, are you guys in South Carolina? North. North. North Carolina, okay. Um, but where is Aaron David in Georgia? He's in Savannah, Georgia right now. Savannah, oh, Georgia. We know a guy. He I, yeah, I noticed called Liberty Encounters. Is that correct, David? Yes, Liberty Encounters. He's, uh, in fact, he is. He is. His whole life since he's twelve years old has been teaching history to kids. He's, his peers in homeschooling groups would get together. He go out and map out. I drive him around and he'd say, see some ground and go, Oh, this is the ground. It looks just like, Oh, we can do uh, the sunken road. We'll do the battle, you know, from, wow. from, uh, yeah. Antietam. And so he gets all his kids, the moms and everybody brings all the kids out there, boys and girls. And they sit there and the, he get, he tells them what happened at the battle of Antietam. And then they go and reenact it. All right. Who's going to be the Confederates? Who's gonna be? And they just have a ball. He's, he started awesome. doing that when he's 12 years old. That's and now great. he's down in, in Savannah. He works for the coastal heritage society. Uh, where he is at Old Fort Jackson. It's a, it's the, uh-huh. uh, uh, yeah, the Civil War uh, mm-hmm. uh, fort, fort that's right on the James River there. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And yep. he gives, he's a, he's a history educator. That's what he does for a living. That's, that's what he, he went to Now we have another reason. For, yeah, so we have a, I got another reason now. I was going to say, because you said Alma, when you said Alma earlier, were you referring to Alma, Georgia? Alma, Michigan. Oh, Alma, Michigan. Never mind. I was going to say, no, hold uh, on a second. No, as far as really Savannah weird. goes, no, but, yeah, but still. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I have I have got a uh, uh, family that lives down there, and then we've got some listeners that live in Savannah. And, and so I've, you know, commuted back through there and, and stuff. And so I've. Okay. I actually have family. And in, he's got family on the other side. In Georgia. And, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, huh. <laughs> That's ca- no. Okay. So it's a small uh, world. By the way, I, I, I couldn't tell at all that, uh, that David was profoundly knowledgeable in anything that we're <laughs> talking about. Not, 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 not at all. Clue. Nope. Not couldn't, a clue. I had no clue. Um, and before I get a little animated, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no that's awesome. Really? No, that's great. But before want- we, cause we have a commercial break coming up, uh, to cut into the next hour and all the rest of it. Before we get there, it's an eight part series. How long are each episode? It's about, it's a 30 minute block of time episode. Good. So you guys, so you guys understand, you understand uh, that, that people don't have any attention spans anymore. Good job. There you go. So you have bite sized pieces. It's an eight part mini series. It's, it's coming out, man. These guys are going to knock it out of the park. They've got 76 days on their fundraiser. 
uh, over at moviebank.tv. I sent the link out on all the social medias. Go check it out. 1620 Experience. They're trying to hit a goal of $500,000. That will help them get everything sorted, separated into place. And by the way... It has not been confirmed that Dean Kane is going to be no, on. It hasn't, but <laughs> it at has this point, not been confirmed. It hasn't, but what has been confirmed is if we don't help them get to this point, then then I will be the one to have to. T- it'll take be the a Dean one man. Sh- it won't be the sixteen twenty experience. It'll be the sixteen twenty <laughs> experiment, and it'll be me reenacting you, everything by yourself, by myself as a one man show. And uh, you don't want that. There's going to be drums and cymbals and things. It's, it's going to be gonna, fantastic. He's going to be like an old time bard on the street. But we'll be right back, right after this. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. With New York Governor Andrew Cuomo set to be questioned Saturday, investigators appear close to finishing an investigation into the sexual harassment and misconduct allegations that have shadowed him for months. Correspondent Marina Villeneuve reports Governor Cuomo denies the allegations. The governor has made clear that he believes he did nothing wrong. He initially said he was sorry if he made anyone uncomfortable or if anything was misinterpreted as unwanted flirtation, which is a definition of sexual harassment under the state's own sexual harassment policy. But since then, he has just strongly denied all of the allegations and also questioned the motives of accusers and critics, including fellow Democrats. A new poll shows one's trust in science can differ based on a person's politics. Correspondent Bob Agnew reports. A new Gallup poll shows Democrats are the most likely to trust science. 79% say they have either a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in science. 65% of independents said the same, but only 45% of Republicans. Science and politics collide often these days on issues like climate change and even COVID-19. That could account for a 27% drop in Republican confidence in science since Gallup last polled on the issue in 1975. The same time span has seen a 12-point increase in confidence among Democrats. Bob Agner reporting. Civil rights pioneer Gloria Richardson has died. She was 99. Richardson's determination not to back down in protests against segregation on Maryland's eastern shore was shown to the nation in a photograph as she pushed away the bayonet of a National Guardsman in 1963. Son-in-law Joe Orange said Richardson died Thursday in New York. Richardson was the first woman to lead a prolonged grassroots civil rights group outside the Deep South. On Wall Street, the down by 299 points. The Nasdaq dropped 115. More on these stories at townhall.com. We remind all of our listeners that the views and opinions of the show hosts and guests appearing on Mojo Favo Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Cuddle Me Buff LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Thank you for listening to Mojo Favo Radio. Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them, and I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org, m25m.org. This is your Liberty Minute for Friday, day 488 of your free trial of socialism. The Biden administration is pushing social media companies to censor COVID misinformation. This is a clear and blatant violation of the First Amendment right to free speech. 
does not matter if the information is true or false. The First Amendment protects your right to speak. The government cannot call for censorship. You have the right to lie and spread fake news just like the government does. If this is allowed to continue, how long will it be until your belief is labeled misinformation? Remember the wise words of Benjamin Franklin. Whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech. Join me in cutting the fog of politics in the Liberty Lighthouse, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Mojo 5 Radio. Fast Track student loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800-709-4395. 800-709-4395. This is the collision of common sense and comedy. This is Defenders Live. Oh my goodness. It's Friday. It is Friday. Friday. And you know what's actually a surprise for Friday? What do you mean? Oh, the fact that we have guests? Not or? just the fact that we have guests. That, but, we have guests <laughs> but we have guests that are willing to stay at a little extra time. I know. Most people that get on with us are like, all right, is it time to go? Because I got to go. I, got, I well, suddenly it's, have it's, to pee. It's, it's mainly because of the time frame. And I understand that. Yeah. But still, when you're live at, uh, no, 10 o'clock now, yeah. it makes it difficult on people. I understand. So, yeah, we, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us. Because, I mean, I would say that means you're good guys, but I also feel that there might be a twinge of i don't know brain damage or something somewhere no no that's there, you that's you that you're hearing is it yeah oh well yeah don't worry about that, that. answers that the you. questions yeah the twinge of brain damage that was you definitely for sure huh <laughs> <laughs> anyway so we're we're hanging out tonight with uh chris ford and david bradford from the 1620 experience oh you got it in your face <laughs> Oh, those guys are creating a uh, an eight part mini series on the life of, uh, or is it? Is it? Can we say it's the life of, or is it? Is it just kind of the the pilgrimage in general? I know that it's centered around your your thirteenth generational grandfather. Um, well, he's the he's the guide. He's the one. That's he's the guide. Us okay. Okay. Through the trip, but uh, it's about. In fact, he talks very little about himself. It's interesting. Uh, one of the things many people don't know is that his his wife uh, Dorothy, when they came over, they left their two year old son John back in England or back in Leiden with the uh, Pastor Robinson. And mm-hmm. uh, when they landed in November, the first week in December, uh, he was out exploring with some you know about ten other guys. They came back to the ship, uh, and he had discovered or learned that Dorothy had slipped off the off the deck and had fallen into the harbor and drowned oh no uh, like three days shy of his seventh anniversary oh no um so and he doesn't say a word about it 
wow. in the journal, in the diary. It was not a personal diary. He wasn't just keeping his own thoughts about what he thought of things. And it wasn't a personal diary. He, from the very beginning, he when he started writing this, he was writing to tell people about this this these group of believers that, that began in the midlands of, of England and they they were basically forced to flee to, to Holland. Uh, they were in Amsterdam for a year and then were spent another 11 years down in, in Leiden. Um, so he's telling their story, not him. It wasn't about him. Okay. So, but he's a very interesting person. The more you, the more you study about his life, uh, the more amazing it is um, what God did, not only through him, but through those. He shares the, God's work through, through uh, Bradford as his servant, but it was the pilgrim story. It was really mm-hmm. uh, this, this uh, congregation. Yeah, it's more it's more the the story of everybody that he was with. Yeah, yeah it's the true beginning. Right. It's, again, and we we've danced around it and mentioned it before, but it, with with all the the misinformation and the things that people make up and say and are trying to, you know, they they all, the pilgrims only came over here to wipe out the people and they were all greedy and yada 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 and pox blankets and we, yeah, and we've gotten to a point and, and part of it you have to understand is is it, it it's the society that we're in. Society is looking at everything from a tribalistic, generalistic type situation. So we're not looking at it from, well, this one individual came in and may have done something wrong and that's wrong and everyone else kind of ostracized him and he was punished. No, he is what represents the entire group and that entire group is what they were. And, and that's where we're at. Sadly. And it's yeah. so exactly frustrating. Right. And it's, it is frustrating. But you lose all the good stories. You, you lose, do. You lose all the all the all the stories that that are things that are just awe inspiring. Like uh, over the break, for those who aren't watching on the YouTube's or all the rest of it, uh, shame on you, by the shame way. Shame on you. Shame. Chris was a uh, was was trying to prod David into telling I was us say a story. Goad, but you know. yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I'd love to hear it. It's uh, the healing of uh, Native American chieftain or something like that. Well, the Massasoit Asamequin was the was the. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Spell that. Holy cow! I'm not gonna lie, David. For a second, when you said that, and I, if I hadn't have seen your mouth moving and you continue on speaking, I thought you had like a slight stroke for a second. I'd never heard that before. I, I, yeah. I, I, I apologize. I'm sorry. That's um, <laughs> Homeschooled. <laughs> they, they, they refer to the Massasoit. Okay, uh, okay, okay. But, but actually, that's his title. It was oh. not his name. His name was Asamequin. Okay. Or yellow feather was the, was it what it stood for, but he was the supreme uh, chief of the Wampanoag Confederation of Tribes. There is like thirty some t- individual. They had their own chiefs or, or sachems, they call them, mm-hmm. and uh, he was the head of that okay. uh, Wampanoag tribe. But that's that's the group. The Poconoka tribe was the tribe he was from, Massasoit Asamequin, and he's the one that. Uh, was a was a remarkable man. He was like the George Washington of the of the uh, uh, Confederation. I mean, he he was well respected. Everybody just thought the world. All the descriptions of him were great. I mean, he was a wonderful human being. Wow. And he's the one that made 
made peace with the pilgrims. And there were several chiefs that weren't necessarily happy with that. They didn't like it, but, but again, everybody honored and respected him. Uh, well, there was some problems that developed and I won't go into this, all of the, the reasons why there was a, after they had made this peace treaty, um, they, part of what the, they needed to do was to, uh, if somebody was warring against them, you were supposed to turn that people over to each other. Well, Massasoit was a little upset with Squanto, who was another Indian who was helping mm-hmm. the pilgrims. Yeah. And he had asked for him to be turned over uh, for for uh, punishment, which in the from what he was guilty of in Indian tradition was he was guilty of sedition. He was undermining the authority of Asamiquan and would have been killed. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and pilgrims knew that, so they were kind of hesitant to they didn't want to turn him over to him, tried to find excuses for it. Anyway, he doesn't talk to him for a long time, Massasoit. Uh, he's, but he then becomes deathly ill. And he he's to the point of, uh, with, he's got hours to live. And so all of the Sakums from all the tribes were coming to pay their respects. That's what they do. And so Plymouth felt, well, we better go pay res- our respects as well. So Winslow takes Habamuk, who's a, who's a um, Indian who lives with the with the pilgrims and a, and a visitor named John Hammond. The three of them go up there to pay their respects. Well, mm-hmm. while he's there, he, he treats him for some of the symptoms that he has. He, he, and he goes into great detail describing it's really kind of gross, you know, as far as how yeah. he, all the things he did, but then he brings it, he basically gets his eyesight back. He comes back to life within a, within wow. a short period of time. I mean, days, it took days. It wasn't overnight, but uh, he actually, Brings him back to life. Wow! And it's, it's a testimony to all the all the uh, uh, leaders of all the um, in, Indian tribes. But that he also he, he says he tells those leaders in front of everybody. He says, "Now I know the English are my friends and love me. And whilst I live, they sh- I shall never forget this kindness they have shown." And it was like, that was, that cemented that relationship. In fact, before he left, before Winslow left to go back to Plymouth, um, Asamiquin tells Habamuk, he pulls him aside and says, tell, tell Winslow and to tell Bradford that the Massachusetts tribe is getting ready to attack them. They're going to attack another another English settlement that had started up north of there at West Augusta, they were mm-hmm. going to wipe that tribe out or that colony out. And because they were an English colony, they assumed that the pilgrims would go to defend them. So they're going to take them both out at the same time. So Asamiquin shares this information with Winslow and he says, or he shares with Habamuk to tell Winslow. And, and, uh, and not only that, he says, and here's what you need to do about it. Wow. Sarequin doesn't just tell him that these That's guys awesome. are going to tips them off. He says, you need to go. And there's two guys, Wittawamit and Pexuit are two, are two Sakums from different tribes who are the ringleaders of this thing. You need to go and kill those two. And also he's got a couple of people, uh, lieutenants or people that are working. So there's about six, seven people that Massasoit told them they need to go and take care of. It's like, if you want and peace, you have to take everything care of it. will be fine if you do that. And they went back and they, they're going, we can't just go and do this. You know, they can't, that, we don't go and just kill people. 
<laughs> yeah. But here's, but, and we don't know if we can trust what he, I mean, he's, one guy told us this. Mm-hmm. So instead they wait for a couple of uh, some confirmation. It's the old biblical admonition, two or three witnesses, right? Mm-hmm. So they're sitting there struggling about what to do with this information. And Phineas Platt, who's a guy up, up in the West Augusta, all of a sudden comes storming into their village, all sweating and huffing and puffing. And, you know, he's all telling them that they're, the Indians are planning to attack them and attack us. So they got confirmation. Then there was one other Indian chief that came and told them the same thing. So they had three witnesses and they said, you know what? I think we can, we probably should act on this. Uh, We probably need to make this happen. (laughs) is probably really is our friend and is being faithful to the, to what he said about us. And so they went and that's when they killed those two, those people. Uh, And that's what everybody was, you know, likes to say, oh, they just attacked people and uh, did all that. So anyway, that's the kind of thing that uh, most people don't know. Those kinds of things, those kind of stories that I love uh, stories. Even even the treaty itself, it's the longest lasting treaty of any, between any, um, authority that, you know, uh, English authority and a native American tribe, uh, in history because it lasted over half a century. Wow. It was every other treaty engaged in no matter what tribe you go out to the far West coast and all of them were broken. Those trees were broken in the lifetime of the people that entered into that agreement. Mm -hmm. with the exception of the one at Plymouth and this treaty that the, the, pilgrims entered into with a Poconoke tribe. So oh, it's, these, awesome. are, these are the things that people just, when you hear that, when you understand that's what happened, you go, well, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> if that, if, how do I reconcile that with these people who came over and just wanted to steal mm-hmm. and take, they still stole their corn. That's a whole nother story we could talk about. <laughs> I've, I've, I've stole their corn. Right. Up here. Like, do you even know what corn looked like back then? <laughs> Doesn't look like what it looks like now. It's like, really? Do you know? It looked like wheat stalk. Okay. Be thankful that you can enjoy. I love, see, that's the stories that I, like for me, like I, I love history to begin with, but that's the kind of stuff I, I'm the type of guy who will drive past a, a, an abandoned, you know, blocked up building or whatever. And my brain will attempt to try to imagine, you know, what recreate. Did, yeah, what did it look like when it first opened? Who were the people that owned it? There's one, <laughs> and I and it, it's, it's I don't know what it is about this particular. There's nothing fancy. There really isn't. It's just this little brick building. I'm assuming it may have been a garage back in the day. It's the blue one on one mm-hmm. across from Home Depot. Yeah. Um, it's this, it's this little thing that sits next to the highway. And every time I drive past it, I, 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 my brain just runs off to these different places of, you know, who was the, the guy who owned it? You know, was it, you know, how was his family and all these lines. And I'm always fascinated by it. Cause I believe truly that every single person has a story and everybody's story is just as exciting as the person's next to him. It's just a matter of being willing to, to share it. Right. And I love that kind of stuff. Those, those things that you you know, you don't well, hear about normally. The other you know, thing is when you talk about how people hate, hated the, you know, the pilgrims hated the Indians and the Indians hated them. Um, if that's the case, when you ask people, did you know that there were four people who were charged with murder of an Indian and what three of them got hung yeah. in Plymouth, uh, 
So how do you reconcile? Yeah. If, if that's what, if they didn't even, if, if they were so bent on injustice rather than justice, right? why would they even bring them to trial? Yeah. Well, there's, um, a, there's other, like, let's think about it too. If, if, if they were so about just greed and taking of resources and, and, and everything else, why were they bringing women and children? That's correct. You know what I mean? Why, it would, it would why have been, weren't they going with just military? Yeah, it would have been yeah. along the lines of uh, uh, the conquistadors and stuff. They would have rolled through there that way, and they would have taken everything out. And even if, let's play it along and say, okay, well, they here's their reason for why it was women and children. Okay, you don't think for a second that uh, the, the, the Native American tribes along that area couldn't come in and completely all just wipe them out? Home field advantage. Well, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. It, was, it, it wasn't like they showed up with like eight, 10, 12, you know, 900 ships and they're like, we've got a million people here. We're starting off. No, it was it was a small group. It was 102 different people. That, that was nothing. The, the Indians could have easily have wiped them out and they would have been, it could have, could have been like the Roanoke Island colony that yeah. we don't know nothing about. I have no idea what happened there. <laughs> you know, but it could, I mean, seriously, it could have, they could have completely disappeared and no one would ever have known they were there. And that wasn't lost on the Indians because they're, they're the ones that saw that. Yeah. Um, and, and actually noticed there was something different about these people. There was a spiritual, they were much more of a, of a spiritual tribe. That's why I always thought it was interesting when you say, why did they land there? Why, why at Cape Cod? Why the Poconoca? Of all the tribes on the Eastern coast, why this tribe? Because they had, God had, providentially prepared mm-hmm. not only the ground you know he actually cleared out that 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 whole patuxet area was was cleared out with that plague from 1616 to 1619 that decimated the wampanoag confederation and they were weak and they were concerned about that the narragansett that was southwest of them were didn't get touched at all by this plague and they were kind of like licking their chat and they 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 were they could use the help of the pilgrims. The pilgrims certainly could use their help. No. But the land itself was land that the Indians abandoned. They didn't go anywhere near it. They because it had the it was this the plague could still be mm-hmm. contaminated. No. They, 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 it's a plague land. land. It's plague land. Their land. No, God prepared yeah. this land. He prepared this particular tribe and this particular leader. The Massasoit Asamiguin and also Squanto and the other Habamak was you talk about somebody who's didn't didn't get due justice in our in our history. I mean, what a remarkable story. I think this is the thing that saddens me so much is that the Native Americans in especially in the New England area have so much to be proud of and to yeah. it's a shared history of really bringing together the, what what started out to be a really great relationship. And what ended up, and it, like I said, it lasted the life of the people that, that first generation that was there. It was only as things expanded quickly yeah. and people, and when they started bringing cattle and, and, and the pigs and cattle that, that would roam and, and cause problems. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the, those became court cases where, you know, they were destroying crops and things that the Indians had and they had to, people wanted satisfaction. And so, but the, that whole court system developed in Plymouth and of course, yeah. Later, it got to where um, the King Philip's War in 1675 is when is really the official came to a head, and yeah. that that battle, that, that 
battle. And then by 1690, uh, the Plymouth Colony was totally officially subsumed into the Massachusetts Bay Colony, officially. Um, right. By, 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 because uh, it was still part of the, the English, the crown still yeah. was the authority. Yeah. They still controlled everything yeah. in that, yeah. that way. Chris, it looked like you had something to say yeah. that you wanted to pop into. Yeah, actually, actually, I wanted to address you uh, specifically since we're the, uh, the public school kids here. <laughs> but basically, you know what I find really interesting is like you're listening to David talk about this stuff, right? And and the wealth of knowledge that he is. And um, what I find so fascinating is in the public school sphere of education, we got such a vanilla, bland representation of what happened along along those lines with the Pilgrims mm-hmm. and the Native Americans and what was going on between them. And it was like, oh, they, you know, the the tight black, you know, heavy right, clothing, right, and, right. and which David would tell you is not even what they wore. No, I mean, it's that's, that's another fascinating thing. Um, and you get this such a boring representation. These people. Just that that one story that David told you right there could be in a movie in and of itself. Yes. About, oh yeah. Right. That could so be a good really, short clip. A short like a short. you could you could make that into uh, that everything he just put. You could make it either into a couple of small like ten minutes, or you can do a full length film off of what he just talks about. That's right. Yeah, and we you know it's it's uh, these. Let's face it; these were epic adventures yeah. that these people were going on, and and treading these paths that just started started what we have today. You yeah. know, they they blazed that trail for the founding fathers to come in after them. And I know? think it's important to know that note or make note that they they didn't really that wasn't their ambition. They're, they didn't think that far ahead. Yeah, I mean, especially the leadership they they were all very acutely aware of their own mortality and how, mm-hmm. uh, like Bradford, I, I, one of the things we're going to share in the 1620 experience was how intimately involved with death he was every two or three years, somebody significant in his life died from the time he was born. Mm. His father died when he was one years old. He never knew his father. Wow. And his, his, his grandfather, then the male, uh, head, head of the household, he died when he was five. And then his mother dies when he's seven. Wow. And so he's orphaned by the time he's seven. So he goes and lives with his uncles. And, and and they don't live that long. And his other, his grand, grandfather Hanson dies in that time period. His sister dies before he goes over to, you know, she was eight, he's 17, 18 years old. His, his sister's 19 or 20 when she dies mm-hmm. before he goes over to home. Then he's, again, his wife dies there. And it's just people were dying. He was so intimately acquainted with death that it, you think about what that does to your perspective that you're not promised tomorrow, no. let alone today. So they live for the day. They live each day to, to be salt and light, to be, to, to, to live their faith. So they would be pleasing to God when their time came mm-hmm. and that could be tomorrow. So they weren't thinking about, Oh, Oh, let's, you know, they got a, a, a 25 year plan. <laughs> we're going to take <laughs> yeah, over right. New England and exactly. we're wipe out all these Indians. And it's like, they were thinking you know, that were, like what's, what's happening in the next two hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How can yeah. we is, be faithful? Is the moral of the story? Don't hang around Bradford because you're probably going to die. <laughs> exactly. Just don't be related to the guy. <laughs> Just stay away. Yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> shake his hand and keep walking. Open. You know, one of the other things I thought was really interesting, you know, I, I feel like uh, I've studied up on the pilgrims. I've, I've really taken an interest in them prior to this and everything. And when one of the times I was sitting with David down there in Delaware, uh, I had, we had talked about uh, the pilgrims and the Puritans mm-hmm. and we talked about, I don't know if it was right before the show or when the show got started, uh, that, you know, one big influence on my life as far as the pilgrims are concerned is the Kirk Cameron film, uh, Monumental. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe they didn't do a good enough job of it, but I thought that the pilgrims and the Puritans were one and the same. Yeah, I did too. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And David could tell you that is not the case. Well, yeah, that, 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 that's true. There were some very distinctive differences uh, but that's that's a complicated topic too, um, because you know the whole term Puritan was a was a derisive term. It was it was it was like when you when you call somebody a name, you know, and everybody kind of mocks mocks and laughs at it. So that, that almost was not like goody two shoes in that term of endearment. You you didn't see a a sign that said this is the Puritan Church, you know, because uh, I want to go join that, you know. Yeah. Um, Puritan, they call themselves reformers, right? They were. They considered themselves reformers. They weren't. They were. You know, this idea of purifying uh, and, and trying to change the Roman Catholic Church, because even though it's a fascinating study of going back into the 16th century, and you look at the whole first half of the 16th century, and Henry VIII, you go back that far, when he actually instead of divorcing, uh, you know, the the the, um, the queen, mm-hmm. so he could have. Uh, the, the new queen. He was actually divorcing the church. Right. Yep. He yeah, he, he went, yeah. The church said, Pope's not in charge, I am. Right. Exercise the divine right of kings. And and this is where that church kept a lot of the of the rituals, the ceremonies, and all the, you know, all of the corruption and all the things of, that was going on at the time that uh, they had a problem with. They did. And yet, so it wasn't just theological, because the Pilgrims were strict Calvinists. That's no question. I mean, it's clearly that was where they were coming from. We got Chris and, and so Dave here with us. Gradient. We got to hold on for another commercial break here, real quick. Hold on. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-491-8289. 800-491-8289. That's 800-491-8289. Hi, and thank you for listening. My name is Ron Phillips, and I'm the executive producer and one of the partners here at Mojo Favo Radio. It is with great pride that we offer you this 24-7 stream of some of the finest talk radio programming in the country. But we need your support. We are a listener-supported network. That means we need your help to continue to offer the quality programming you're hearing right now. 
If you're able, please visit Mojo50.com and click the donate link in the menu. Your donation will go a long way in helping us continue to share the American voice. Thank you. Supply chain disruptions, shortages, panic buying. Unfortunately, they've all become facts of life in 2021. The good news is you have preparewithmojo50.com. Not only will you find emergency food supplies, also water filtration, air filtration, all sorts of other tools. Preparewithmojo50.com. If you want to keep food on the table, if you just want to maintain some sense of normalcy, preparewithmojo50.com is the answer. Defenders Live. I, I swear if we did not have to have commercial I breaks. Know. If we I know. didn't have to have a commercial break. Darn you sponsor. No. <laughs> no, I, Be careful. I know. I know. I, we're going to get a call tomorrow. Yeah, Ron's, Ron's going to be like, call us. What hey, what is this, dude? I know. No, uh, I know. But I, we, if you, other than the very first 30 minutes. Yeah, well, I, I mean, would not even then. Okay. But other than the first too. 30 minutes, if you go back and listen through the commercial breaks on the video side, you could hear some really some really good info, information here. Oh, yeah. Really good conversation. We've been doing the two-hour show for what now feels like an eternity. <laughs> um, no, no, we started at we just started tonight, at, but it was yeah, the yeah, beginning. Yeah, I know. Right. No, actually, that's that's the funny <laughs> part actually, about tonight it. Tonight seems like it's going by a lot faster. That's what I was getting ready to say. We've been doing. We've been, we've moved to two hours. Uh, the beginning of the year. Yeah, we we made we made the decision. We're going to dive in. We're going to do it this way. And and so now we're doing the two hour show. We've been doing it since January. This by far is the fastest show. I feel like we've ever done. Especially in the two-hour mark, it's, it's just it's 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 incredibly entertaining for us because we get to hear some stories and some knowledge that we we never get to hear. Yeah, and I love, love dude. I'm telling you, like I'm I love a history. Yeah, you did. Like I, when this I was a buff when it's, I was a kid, and again, we live in North Carolina, so I was the type. My mom would do. We didn't just do just. Williamsburg, like we have Duke Homestead, we have the Mordecai House, we have all kinds. There's all these places that are scattered throughout just central North Carolina here. And mm. I've got drugged to every one of them in the middle of August and July. <laughs> and why are we out here, mom? <laughs> Look, this is how they made butter. I'm, thanks, mom. All right, great. I, but no, I, I, but even from back then, I, I, you know, again, I didn't like the heat, but you know, I, I, I had an appreciation for history and stuff. And I got, I get tickled with, cause, and, and uh, like you mentioned Squanto, I, I don't think there's too many people who know who Squanto is. Or if they do, they know very, 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 very little. little, very little. It's and, like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he likes me. You know what? Isn't that the last of the Mohicans guy? That's what I was just ready to say. He's the last of the Mohicans guy, right? Well, he's the most popular or most co most well-known of the Indians, actually, more so than Asamiquin. Uh, most people don't know about Habamak, who was, no. who was really a fantastic guy, I think. Um, but Squanto is the one that was actually taken Captain. as a prisoner uh, of a Captain... 
hunt, mm-hmm. uh, rounded up about 20 some, uh, Indians from that Patuxent area and took them to Spain, Malaga, Spain. And he actually got purchased by some friars, uh, Yep. And he ended up making his way to England, and he learned English. So yep. he he spoke better English than Samoset. Samoset's the one we also hear about because he's the one that came into the their first introduction to Native America. The first interaction they had was when Samoset strolled into their village and said, "Welcome, Englishmen." Wow! In in broken English, and so they talked with him and everything. And he brings Squano back, who who could speak better English than himself, mm-hmm. and uh, so. And Bradford called Squanto uh, an instrument sent of God for our good beyond our expectation. He just, and I always assumed that that relationship lasted for quite a while for somebody to have that kind of a, but he was only, uh, Squanto was dead by uh, 1623. Oh, wow. And that's that's an interesting story too, because the pilgrims kind of kept him. Uh, and again, he, he had been, very underhanded in some of his dealings with trying to get, uh, trying to convince a lot of the different leaders of these tribes to look to him because he'd tell them stories about how they have this plague, they have it buried under the, in their, in their, and out of the ground and they can bring it out whatever they want. So, but if you, if you deal with me and he was actually trying to, in a sense, take over, get some, you know, uh, people to pay tribute to him rather than to Asamiqua. So wow. that was, that was the sedition he was sort of guilty of. Mm-hmm. And when Bradford didn't turn him, turn him back to them, uh, they were on a trade mission and like within a day or two, he got sick and died. Wow. Well then. <laughs> yeah. So people are going, huh, how did, you think maybe he was poisoned or somehow <laughs> the, they executed the judgment. Uh, they said, okay, you're not going to send him back. It not looks like that plague happened. Uh, they just, they just dug that plague right out of the ground and gave it right to him. There you go. Yeah. One actually sent to Plymouth his, his knife and stuff. So he would take off his hands and his head and send it back to him to execute the punishment. And, and again, the pilgrims, uh-uh, we can't do that. We don't desecrate <laughs> we, we people's bodies. Jeopardizing this relationship with us and Mequin. That's when, that's when he gets sick. Isn't that the scenario here? How he, then he gets deathly ill. Hmm. How does all this, how did he, you can't make this stuff up. Say, Walt Disney did not tell the story this way. No. Just so we're clear, this was not in that the movie at all. That did not happen. Squanto was the one who just, he helped. He taught the English how to set their corn, yeah. how to put a how to put fish in there to fertilize it, and there's all these wonderful things that's going on. So Squanto was the pilgrim's friend. Yeah, that's right. that's, 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 that's all that's, it was ever said. said. That's how Disney said don't it. Talk, it. Don't talk about anything else. Exactly. <laughs> don't don't talk about the fact that he was a swindler and you know went behind the chief's back and just. <laughs> well, but if you think about it though, he, to me no. and 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 we could go like you could probably piece things all the way down if you really get technical. Sure. But the but the story of, of the pilgrims and 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 sixteen twenty and everything else when you think about the connections and and like you said how you know God went ahead and and cleared the land and done all this stuff. It, this arguably that's and I don't know if they saw it this way, but that was a modern day Bible story. The exact same thing. I mean, God did it for the Israelites. How many times? That uh, yeah. for, and not just for the the nation, but for individuals through all throughout the Bible, where he went ahead and way in advance and had taken care of stuff. And, and unless you sit back and look at the full picture, you go, "Oh!" and you start seeing the dots all connecting and making mm-hmm. it. 
And it's just, that's the and stuff that, that's fascinating. And that's me. the unique thing about Bradford's story because he's, he's giving you God's perspective on it. He's, yeah. he's, he's sharing it from how does, how's all this fit together and, mm-hmm. and how it all makes sense. And it's interesting how the, the Wampanoag tribes ended up becoming the prey and they were known as the praying Indians interestingly. Mm-hmm. And they also, a lot of them, a lot of, by 1690, the, the ones that were left after King Philip's war and all the aftermath of that, yeah. the majority of those Indians were, were identified, were, uh, I don't say they were Christian. They, they claimed to be Christians. They would walk 10 miles, they say to, 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 for services, different places. And, and, and of course, even the skeptics say, you know, all that, that they were just doing that so they'd be in good favor with. They were trying to look good for that way. They leave the, the the English would leave them alone, you know, if they just pretended to be Christians. Like, what? You can look at it that way, but but it's a pretty cynical. I mean, people don't do that kind of. It's like. That's true with any Christian. You That's know, a lot know. of effort. Yeah, for back then especially, they yeah. don't. You you. Now, I, and I don't know, I wasn't there, mm-hmm. but I would assume that just based off of, as, as we've had discussions earlier already about, you know, but those people back then were living minute to minute. They were living in the now. It was, this is the time that I know that I have that God's given me. What am I doing with it? Let me do it to the best of my ability. We don't have that perspective anymore. And a lot of people I think are taking that uh, the the this perspective they have now, which is a I've got forever, I can do whatever, and blah blah blah, and then you start throwing in things that cynicism that becomes a filter. Well, why do they have that filter? Because that's probably what they. I don't want to say it's their full core, but they're definitely wrestling with that very same problem, mm-hmm. and so they yeah. just assume that everyone else is doing it. When you feel like you have infinite amount of time to mm-hmm. do anything you want. Then you will do you you think cynically you about the time that you have mm-hmm. because you're like oh well ah that guy could have just been doing this because who knows you know twenty years down the road yeah. I've got time. <laughs> Well, the sixteen the sixteen twenty experience. Uh, by the way, you can learn a lot more about the episodes and a lot more. You can follow how we're doing and things yep. uh, at at sixteen twenty experience dot com. Yep. That's the that's the link. But I wanted to mention in our first episode, if you can see this, yeah, uh, Os, Os Guinness, the last call for liberty is is a new book he's got out. But in our first episode, one of the things we want to start off doing is making sure we understand why the pilgrims were important and who they were. Why are they in American history at all, for that matter? And one of the things Oz Guinness talks about, not just in this book, but he he talked about the golden triangle of freedom. And what what made America, America when it was founded was there were three pillars or or indispensable interconnected uh, supports for our government. And the one leg, it was a triangle, and each needed the other two sides in order to exist for, and, and it was faith. It was, it was belief in the, in the Bible and in, in the truth of God's word and the truth being Christ himself. So it was faith. It was freedom and Liberty. And so faith needed freedom and Liberty, but also virtue. And the other one was virtue. You have to have all three. And if you attack those or to the extent you ta- attack any one of those three supports, then you're weakening the whole thing or destroying it altogether. And all you have to do is ask yourself, have you seen much attack against faith? 
in our country? Against freedom and liberty? No. Against virtue? Or no. Morality? What? So, so they're attacking all three at the same time. Yeah. You're not, not just attacking one or the other, but they're attacking all three at the same time. And this was, and, and the thing that we point out in that first episode is the reason the pilgrims are important to our ultimately our founding of, in the Declaration of Independence and our Constitution and our government is because the pilgrims represent or exemplify better than anybody, any people in American history or in world history for that matter, yeah. they exemplify those three principles. They're the epitome of faith. Their faith was renowned even in their own time. Freedom with the Mayflower Compact and self-governance and virtue. Uh, Bradford talks about the way they, they treated each other during the dying time or when they were, all these people were dying that first winter and how they treated the, the, the seamen, the crew that were all, half their number died as well. Mm-hmm. And the way they treated the Native Americans, uh, they were the exemplars in virtue, faith, and freedom, which is the golden child of freedom. It's what our country depends on. And we've got to return to those values. And if, for Americans, I don't care politically which side of the aisle you're on. If, if you believe in in freedom of, of faith and, and freedom of conscience mm-hmm. and and you believe in liberty, individual liberty, not group liberty, not by, yeah. like you were talking about earlier, right. you know. Not tribalism. Right. Yeah, tribalism. It's, 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 it's individual liberty, individual freedoms, and virtue, personal responsibility, personal accountability. Those are the things that we got to return to and just live the life that God wants us to live to our neighbors. Yeah. And that's getting us back to where we need to be and overcoming all this nonsense that we're having to deal with today, which are a byproduct of a lot of Because there's lies. a lot of it. There's so much BS going on. The stupid, <laughs> it's just, it, I, it, it's, it's fascinating. And for me, I, I find it, I don't know how any, you know, generations older than me feel about it. I don't know if it's changed as fast, but for me, it, I feel like it was literally yesterday because allegedly, allegedly, uh, the nineties was supposed to be the, and I'm only touching on this for a second, but was supposed to be like the, 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 that point in all of history that everything was starting to smooth out and mellow out. You know, we weren't have you know, people were all getting along. Right. There was individual freedoms, everybody, mm-hmm. everything was kind of starting to mellow. Of course I was, you know, Pre-teen, preteen, teenage. So perspective. Uh, yeah, I may not have been paying attention. Right. But ever since, uh, but I feel like, you know, as of late, especially, you know, 2004, five, mm-hmm. it's just kind of, it went from, hey, we're getting better, we're getting better to, and it just, everything yeah. is just kind of the, the, the apple cart's overturned and now everything's just spread back out and, and then this time, instead of, you know, like when something like that would happen, people aren't cleaning up now. Mm-hmm. Now they're all standing around blaming somebody else and being ugly. Mm-hmm. And it's just. I'd say it specifically started right around that 2007 mark. Mm-hmm. Possible. Right around 2007-ish. Yeah. kind of when it started really hyping up pretty good. Well, no, I, but I, I'm saying I, I was noticing little things before that. I give you what you're talking about, but I, <laughs> I, but I, 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 I was getting these weird vibes like way before that. There were certain things I'm like, why, wait a minute, why are you complaining about that now? And it, and it goes back to, like you said, we're, we're the perspectives that we have, especially in America, we've taken this country for granted. 
Thank the you. Freedoms exactly that we right. have, the play, the the the, the things that, that that these 102 people did, <clears throat> just them. Forget the other generations. Forget the other colonies. Forget the other everything. The we have taken the freedoms that we have been given. Literally, as we said before, God paved the way in every way to the point that you know, like with you know, and I granted Squanto screwed himself later, yeah. but you know, to the fact that he what the colonies weren't even there yet. He gets. <laughs> there and he grows and he goes and then God goes okay and he gets captured and then taken and, and all of that was all done and planned and set up in advance. God did all of this stuff and and we have taken it so for granted. The, There's and, been so much sacrifice uh, throughout the generations. And through, I mean, You think about all the people that have we all know people who have given their lives I mean in yeah. service uh, mm-hmm. in the different wars we've been in so many wars for so long now that it and people have sacrificed yeah. I think thinking of my dad uh, one time he, he served in World War II it was in the China Burma India theater but Oof. it was one of those things where when I think back on World War II and all, all the what people sacrificed for our freedom mm-hmm. and our individual liberties that today yeah. we've got people it's like this is this is what they fought against. Mm-hmm. It's what we were, we're embracing. We're saying, yeah, bring it on. Oh, yeah. we like this. We want this. And it's like, what happened? And, and, and when you when you don't suffer, when you are given things, people have been so, you talk about taken for granted or, or coddled, yep. then they they forget God yep. is what ends up happening. They, they totally, uh, oh, look how everything's going to continue on like this and we're all going to have our 401ks and I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody's just living for themselves and it's like you have forgotten who you are yeah. and you've forgotten who God is. Yeah. And I think this is a call to, uh, I, I'm seeing it in the churches, I'm seeing it people yeah. saying, getting serious with God again because even with COVID, the reminders again of uh, the brevity of love, I've, I've known probably most people have known know somebody who has either died from the COVID or died from the vaccine, one or the other. Yeah, Uh, Mm -hmm. And and it's like surprises. I mean, there are people who are like, they were fine. They were fine. And then like two to three days later, they're, they're gone. And it's like, we're being reminded that, you know, you're not in charge of this thing Mm -hmm. and you need to come to grips with who you are, who God is. And, and this is what the pilgrims, I think exemplify so well. It's just, this, this seriousness of which they took life, they enjoyed life. They weren't this, you know, again, that's one of the Puritan, you know, you think about the old dower person, they never have any fun, and they don't, you know, it's like, that's that all. They equate them to being like Amish. That's such a myth. They such think a, they're the Amish people, is, and, and no offense to Amish people, but that's what they have, this <laughs> mental thing where they get up at 4 a.m. and they the first thing they do is build a barn, and then they have breakfast, and then it's, it's just this yeah. labor and toil, and movies have made it look uh, like that, but that's what people thought. And somehow they they found a way to make everything dyed black. I <laughs> hey, Dylan, you know, one, one thing uh, that you brought up earlier is about the, the mentality of people, how people don't speak up until the fire is the hottest, mm-hmm. right? And it's such an interesting thing. One experience I had was as a school board director. I was appointed to and then elected to being a school board director. And what I always found interesting is that you could talk for months about something that's going to come up for a vote Mm -hmm. and no parents will be in that audience. It's open to the public. Yeah. And it's on that day that you take that vote when people show up with the the torches and pitchforks, right? Mm -hmm. Well, 
I, I think what David's trying to say here, what we're all experiencing is this, this inflammation in society right now of people just being so reactive to things yep. in a nuclear manner. You know what I mean? And God has truly chosen us for this time for each of us. Yep. A purpose has put us here. God has put David here to tell this story. Yeah. You know, God is, has put us all into these situations that we can tell our own stories or we can be there for what's going on. I mean, we are living in yeah. truly, I mean, we are living in biblical times right now. Oh yeah. Cause and the thing I like what you put like, uh, cause God is not reactionary. There's nothing about God that is ever reactionary and he's trying desperately. He's tried desperately through the entire Bible and with everything now live your life from not a reactionary point, but f from the other side of that. You know, the, the, exactly. Thank you. I couldn't ask for it. Um, no, that's you know, but it's, but it's, we are. it's ADHD. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> or as Loki says, uh, glorious really, purpose. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing because like everything that you look at, a perfect example is abortion. It, nobody stops to, to, to find a way to prevent it from happening. Wait, that's because we all know the way to prevent it. Well, and I got that. I got that. But I'm saying, you know, but, but no, no, but, but I'm, we know how to stop it. But then there's that argument of, well, you know, they're going to do it anyway and blah, 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 blah. But I'm saying if, if you're going to ride that excuse, then why are you not coming up with technology and things like that to cover, you know, to offset it in the front end, which they do have stuff. I understand right. that. I mean, there are Instead things. Instead of going, oh, well, we're going to just circumvent all of that and come to here and oh, now we're going to kill something kill of an unborn child that's defenseless right. and everything else right. it's that that concept everything is always oh, it's not going to happen to me it's not going to happen to me crap it happened to me now we now what do i do now we got to react yeah and yeah. and the entire bible is like i said is all laced with you prepare prepare prepare, prepare prepare don't that way you don't need to react because if you're prepared then when the time comes, it's not so bad. Think of Joseph back in, in Egypt when he, God kept telling him, hey, seven years of famine's coming. You need to stock up on all this stuff through all of this bounty. And everybody's like, why are you saving this stuff? He's like, ah, oh, just, nah, God, I'm just, nah, Don't worry bad. about it. Don't worry about it. Just do what I tell you to do. And then seven years comes. And the first prepper. Exactly. Right. The very and first. look how that worked out. <laughs> not only was he the first prepper, he was the first one assigned by a government. I know. <laughs> the only one, I think. The only one ever assigned by a government to actually prepare. <laughs> but it's that kind of mind, Do you mind do, if I do a quick plug real quick? No, Go for it. The, the Whiskey Tango Life podcast, uh, you know, back when I knew you guys under the show, the Generation Y Conservative, it was more of a comedy show, taking politics, making fun of it, along the lines of what you guys do and yeah. everything. He's but grown up. I've switched this over now to... Um, to doing interviews with people that have personal stories that revolve around hot political topics yeah. as much as possible. And uh, this Monday is an interview that's getting released. It's Tony McFadden and she's a pro-life advocate. She had an abortion herself being on the topic that you were talking about there, Dylan. Awesome story. Nice. I can't wait for it to come out. Uh, you can find it on the YouTube channel or on major uh, audio platforms. Uh, it'll be released on Monday at 11 a.m. And it's, a, it's an awesome story. I really encourage people to listen to it. Definitely. Mm -hmm. See, that's what happens when you grow up, Stephen.
Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, you grew up. You 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 you, take, you start doing serious radio. I, start, I figured you yeah. got a suit and also wore a nice collared shirt. And no, that's, you realize that's you're closer you, to being the adult now than I am. You're right. I am you're because that, I actually a have book. a I have a three piece suit you again, I and that fits me. So and I'm, you're writing a book, and I'm writing a book, so I have things. It's good. No. <laughs> I'm gonna be just sitting here, dumb, twiddling your thumbs. I'm I'm okay with being the Jerry Lewis of the group. That's fine. I'm I, okay with. I'm it. good with being the straight man. This, the, the, this works. Dean Martin. Yeah, gonna be Dean Martin. Not just the straight man. My, was be, I was gonna say Dean Martin signs the alcohol and the womanizing. That's right. That's okay. why I'm just the straight man of this. I'm not the Dean Martin. It's very different. Bing Crosby. There you go. There we are. The man knows his way. <laughs> I just had so many jokes and expressions I wanted way, to do. Way too many jokes. Look, we have... Look. We, we've got... You, you guys have so much information. And yeah. You've got everything that's popping out. I did while we were talking the entire time, honestly. While I was scrolling yeah. through your website and going through all the stuff. Links. And uh, looking through all, all the links. There is so oh, awesome. much information out there uh, that they have on their website, on their Facebook. I even linked the Last Call for Liberty book for you guys out there. It's all there on all the yeah. social medias. Go. I've got I've got three credits on Amazon the on Audible. Oh, you're about to I'm buy that deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to get it because I I need to burn through them. I'm tired of having these credits hanging there. He needs the. I to need burn to cancel it, and he I need to something burn the so that it works out perfectly. Thank yeah. you for recommending that. Good books, but no. <laughs> These guys are the real deal. And these are going to be, we're going to put these also on, on the link actually in the, this is this because we put them into the chats on everything. So it throws it out in there, but we're going to redo it in the comments and stuff later again mm -hmm. to make sure, or not just in the comments, but in the, um, the, the, the description. It's already down. In the description. It's already in the description. Oh, never mind. Yeah, it's already there. Never mind that. Play uh, that. Once again, I am the adult. Of You're the, I know. <laughs> <laughs> But no, that's preparing. That's what we were talking about. Nah, I prepared that. No, <laughs> but these guys are the real deal. Yes, this sir. this mini series, this docu series that's coming yeah. out. Um, it is amazing yeah. the information was, that they're going to have in there. If it wasn't a good idea to do this, if it wasn't a real deal, one, I know that Chris wouldn't be a part of yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say. I do know that Sam and Kevin would, would never, would Sam never jump on this yeah. if it wasn't something that was actually worth the time yeah. and the money to put into it. Yeah. Oh, I know. When 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 Chris texted me and was like, hey, and started telling me about it, I was like, <gasps> this meal this yeah, is fantastic exactly and so i have been excited about this we were supposed to have these guys on last week and it was something happened the weather was it the to, weather we had to oh, that that's was the night right. we had to cancel oh, dang it that's right mm -hmm. yeah which i apologize uh yeah in the north carolina every now and again the weather's weird that, that was when that hurricane or whatever the leftovers was, yeah, tropical storm we whatever the, rolled the, the through. Of, yeah that's it that one yeah that thing. we let it go yeah <laughs> Thank anyway. you. All right. Well, this, this is something I've just, I want to thank you guys for having, having us on tonight. Um, this is really something we feel is, uh, it's taken on a life of its own. It's yeah. certainly something God is doing uh, because it's nothing we would ever fathom doing. I mean, or think of doing, I mean, I was content to, I just wanted to share Bradford's story. I was, I'm planning to do this, you know, to small groups, to churches, to, you know, historical societies. I, mm -hmm. I just want to become more knowledgeable and learn more. There's some really great history that we're, we're, there's some great books that have come out in the last couple of years. Yeah. And so that's, that was my ambition. Uh, but others seem to think that there's, that people need to hear this. The time is yes. right for it. Like you Agreed. mentioned for such a time as this. And, yep. um, 
And so uh, I just, I, I turn it, uh, God's got it. And uh, I want to just thank uh, Beth Vickers, our executive producer, yeah. is is just the most amazing uh, executive producer I've out of all the executive producers I've ever known. Yeah, with all the, I mean, <laughs> you know those people that do it. I don't know. It's good. No, she's it's, responsible for a lot of that marketing material on the oh, website that you said was so well put together. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she did I a just, great job. It's awesome. I'm just so humbled by it and in awe of it, and I just. I am excited to see where God takes it because uh, it's it's his it's his story, not exactly. ours. Exactly, and that's exactly. that's why they call it history. Ah, I that's see what, what you did, did there. there. His yeah, story. I Once again, sixteen nineteen, sixteen twenty, sixteen twenty, sixteen nineteen is dead. No, no, no. Sixteen nineteen is dead. This is now the sixteen twenty <laughs> experience. This is what you need to look at. This is where you need to go. Uh, all the links are there. Yep. yep. All the links are there on all of our stuff. It's all below all of our information. Go check them out. They are. Th- this is going to be amazing. Uh huh. If you love history, if you want to get involved in this sort of thing, go donate. They've go. got a page for it. They're trying to raise five hundred thousand dollars. It it will get this thing off and running the proper way, the right way, the yep, right exactly. way. Exactly. Chris, David, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate. It. We're going to have you back on at some point for sure. This is something that you need to have with American Pride Roasters Coffee from AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Well, if you like history, you should anyway. If It doesn't matter if you like history. You should have the coffee in your hand. It doesn't that's, matter what you're doing. Well, that's because, you know. It's historically great coffee. Yes. It's guaranteed, guaranteed to make, make you swallow. swallow every single time you put it into your that's mouth. That's right. Mojo50.com is where you go to find us and other hosts and awesome shows over there. You can check them out. Mojo50.com. Follow us on all the social medias at DOAE Show. Use the hashtag Arm Yourselves. Guys, have a great weekend. Be safe. We'll see you all Monday. Bye. Bye, y'all. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5. Offer deadline on Oak Street, mile 3. Welcome to the housing market. I'm with Redfin, and I'm here to help. I need to sell my house. Great. Redfin charges a 1% listing fee when you buy and sell with us, which is more than half off the usual fee and saves you an average of $8,400. Oh, wow. Is that all? Uh, yep. I'm kidding. You had me at 1%. Want to win? Sell with Redfin. It's real estate done right. Bidding warrant the offer's counter in five minutes. Average savings is Redfin refund plus 1% listing fee. Subject to minimums. Not available in all areas. Learn more at redfin.com.